so thankful for you and just your willingness to let God move in your life. And uh, I'm so thankful that we're starting our year strong and full of God's presence. And I have to say this, that every single speaker that has come through, uh, it just communicates to me about the heart of our church. Like you have just such special people in your church. And I want to thank you and I thank every dream teamer for serving over the last several days. Like, I love you, Heartland. Come on, give yourselves a hand. Like, yeah. And hey, I want to look into the camera and say a big hello to all those that are watching online today. Come on, Heartland family, help me welcome them to church. Well, uh, it's a busy time of the year, uh, I know for you and for our church, lots of things going on. So in your notes, uh, one of the things that I've done for you today, it just creates sort of a a run sheet, uh, if you will, of all the different events that are taking place at HC uh, kind of from right now until the end of the year. So all the planners are satisfied. Uh, your hearts are happy. And uh, give you some dates that you can just put down on the calendar. Uh, real quick, let me just mention a, a couple of things to you. The first of which is that tonight is our Welcome to Church party. Uh, there's a QR code that's going up on the screen right now. If you're brand new to our church, want to come check out like what we're all about uh, tonight, uh, we have this Welcome to Church party. You'll have a great time. You'll meet people Uh, And then maybe and hopefully be able to figure out what your next step looks like uh, in our church. And would love to take that journey with you tonight. And so there will be a room full of people here. Can't wait to get to know you. Scan that QR code really quickly if that's you. Let us know that you're coming. Or after this service, you can go out to the next steps area and uh, they'll make sure to get you registered. Uh, We have food for you tonight. And uh, we'll promise to get you out at, at a reasonable time and uh, make sure you can be with your family and whatnot. So join us tonight. And then just a couple of rapid fire things for you to know. Uh, This says this Monday, please forgive me. That is supposed to say Tuesday. Uh, I messed that up uh, myself when I was typing this in. HYA worship night. So for all of our young adults that are in the room, 18 to 30-ish, you want to kind of come hang out this Tuesday night out at George Coffee and Provision, uh, which is a great spot. They're going to be having a worship night out there. You can learn more about that next steps today. And then just some things we're rolling through the calendar. So the 7th, uh, Thursday, all the Wisdom Club. Uh, I want you to see this date, Thursday, September 7th at 11 a.m. This is for all of you that are embracing your retirement or embracing your older years. If you're not, then you don't have to come, okay? But if you are and you'd like to be there, we'd love for you to join us. Uh, New Heart Quartet's going to be there. We'll have a l- some worship. Uh, I'll share a little bit, but really it's an opportunity for us to share a little bit with you and then for you to be able to spend time with others. And then Men's Night, of course, uh, there's a QR code going on the screen for this. Uh, our special guest, Brandon Barber, who's spoken here many times. Uh, our church loves him. Uh, he's about one of the men, manliest men that I know. Uh, and so he'll be here uh, that night uh, for all of our men at 7 p.m. And notice that is a Thursday night this year, not a Friday. We're doing that a little bit differently. And then lastly, I'll talk more about this in just a moment, but today's a very cool day because we opened a brand new classroom uh, for more of our kiddos to make space for all the kids uh, in fact, we had a huge uh, number of them in the, in the 930, uh, and so th- two classrooms full of kids now going to three, spacing them out, and so I'm excited, and uh, you'll check out the rebrand. I'll show you more about that in just a second. If you have your Bibles, go with me to Matthew 7. Uh, we're going to introduce a series. I, I probably should say that we're starting it today, but we're going to take a break next weekend, then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in and kind of give my attention fully to this. Uh, over the next couple of weeks. I want to read this verse to you, and then uh, I have a very practical word today that I think will will help you, strengthen you uh, in your life. This is Matthew 7, probably one of my favorite stories that Jesus tells 
uh, in Scripture. Probably I, I like to preach from this more than any other. And I'll just tell you, for several weeks, this will be our theme verse, okay? You'll, you'll know it by the time we're done. It says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine, and I want everybody to say this underlined portion really loud with me today. Come on, say it with me. And puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down. The streams rose, the winds blew, and beat against that house, and yet it didn't fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man. Everybody say foolish man. Come on, say it again. Say foolish man. It's like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down. The streams rose. The winds blew. Division came. You lost your job. Turmoil set in. Somebody disappointed you. You experienced heartache. Anybody know what I'm talking about right now today? You ever been there before? I know you have. Life got hard. It got messy. Family got messy. And the house fell. I love the emphasis with a crash. Like it was devastating, it was loud, it was hard. What's interesting about this verse is that the house fell down because the reader heard the words and didn't put them into practice. See, a lot of times we focus on the house being built on the sand. That's really not the focus of what happened. That's really not the issue. That's, that's, that's the, the, the product of the issue, but that's really not the issue. The issue is that he heard the words and didn't put them into, didn't put them into practice. Heard, but didn't really hear. Listened, didn't really listen. Understood, but didn't really change anything. You see, that story is about a wise man and about a foolish man. Everybody say foolish man. Jesus calls him foolish. Everybody thinks Jesus is nice all the time. No, Jesus called it out like it was. You heard me, but you didn't do anything with what I told you. And because of that, you're foolish. The other builder, Jesus calls him wise. Why is he wise? Well, he's a builder that listened. He's a builder who listened, and then when he listened and he heard, he put the words into practice in his life. Today, we're going to start this series uh, that's really going to kind of end our series, <laughs> if that's a word, that we've done on rhythms. Remember, we did earlier in the year, we did uh, Rooted in Rhythms. Of course, on, on First Wednesdays, we're doing Rooted in Doctrine. And then over these next several weeks, we're going to do what we're calling Rooted in Practice. This is going to take us almost at the movies uh, in November. And uh, we'll close out the year kind of with this, uh, so to speak. This is a series about how to practically live out Christianity in our everyday life. And I'm going to take you on a journey, and we're going to talk about a whole lot of things. You'd say, what does it look like? What does that mean to practically live out Christianity? I would just say it's this. Practical Christianity is about putting God's Word into practice. It's about actually living it out and doing something with it in your fundamental everyday life. It's about that practice. Everybody say practice. Come on, say it again. Say practice. My entire thesis is that it's so important for you to learn 
how to practice Christianity in your everyday life. Now, practicing Christianity doesn't mean that you're perfect because that's why we're practicing in the first place. I mean, think about athletes. They practice. Why do they practice? To become better. They want to become the best that they can be. It doesn't mean that they're not going to commit commit errors. doesn't mean that the offensive line's not going to commit penalties that drive you crazy as a fan. But they realize that their practice makes them better. Musicians practice to get better. I don't know if you know this, but this worship team came early and they were here on Thursday and practicing all throughout the week. Surely you just didn't think that they got up here and just, it just sounded amazing right from the start. Hours went in today. By the way, thank you to all those who work and serve and lead us and prepare to get us ready and worship every week. And I know this is obvious, and I'm going to go somewhere with this, but when you practice, you get better. There, there's this section of your brain right now that is recording and watching what you want to do, and then is helping you to stack habits in the direction that you want to go. So when we practice Christianity, we don't do it because we want to be perfect. Romans 3 says, no one is righteous. Nobody's perfect. We're all going to miss the mark. Thank God for grace. Amen, everybody? But we don't just say, oops. <laughs> we don't just say, well, I'm just not perfect. I'm, as an excuse not to get better in our life. The reason we practice Christianity is because we don't want to just believe in Jesus, but we want to live like Jesus. Can I just say this today, that there's a lot of people who believe in Jesus. Heck, even demons believe in Jesus. But it's a lot different whenever we're actually living our everyday lives like Jesus. And so I'll talk more about that in a while. So we need to practice our faith. And by practicing our faith, it makes us better. It makes our faith better. And it actually changes the outcome of your life. So today I just want to set all of this up with a very simple thought and a very simple idea. And I have a few friends few family, uh, some family that's going to help me out today. So you guys come up and sit in the stools today. They're going to help me do a little bit of an illustration today in this message. Anybody here a visual learner, like a visual helps you? I think this may help you a little bit today. And I'm going to illustrate some of the things that I think Jesus is talking about whenever he's, he's talking in these scriptures that I read. So up here are three different types of of people. We'll start here. This is my friend Kenny. I said in the first service, pray for him. He is an Astros fan. He needs, he needs the Lord. He needs lots and lots of prayer. Uh, but for the sake of this particular illustration today, Kenny is going to represent the architect. He's got some building plans in his hands right now. Looks like, I think these are drawings. These are drawings to the church. How many people are thankful that there were drawings? There were some master plans that went into this, to this building. So he represents the architect today. He is the architect. And, you know, he, he's a planner. He's, he works with all sorts of in homes and can do all sorts of things. He's even been in my home because I can't uh, and helped me with a few projects along the way. But he represents the architect, not necessarily of a house, but Kenny represents the architect of, of your life. Secondly, over here is my man Mitch. Mitch represents the builder. Now, here's the thing that you have to know about the builder. The builder is, is not just given permission to build 
anything that he wants to build. That's not what he's supposed to do. If you're a builder in the room, then you know that you just can't build a house however you want to, wherever you want to. That if you're going to build, you have to follow the plans of the architect. In fact, I would even go so far as to say this, that the builder's ability to be successful in building the house is contingent upon his ability to follow the architect's master plans. The the builder might build the house, but the architect is the one that has the vision for the house. The builder doesn't have the vision for the house. The builder has the responsibility to follow the plans. And he can only build a house that is stable and strong and endearing if he follows the plans that the architect has for him. By the way, Joshua 1 says it this way, that if you'll keep this book of the law always on your lips, if you'll meditate on it day and night, that you may be careful to do everything written in it, then you'll be, come on everybody say, you'll be prosperous, you'll be successful. So if you want to build a house, then you better have the plans. You better have the master plan for the home that you're trying to build. And and God is saying here today that that my word is the plans for your life. If you'll keep my word in your heart constantly, if you'll be careful to do everything that's written in it, if, if you'll be careful to put it into practice, that's what this is saying here, and look at it, the verse is dependent, like then you become prosperous, then you become successful. Your house will be solid, your house will be strong, your house will stand the storms of life if you'll meditate on it day and night. Several years ago, I heard a story about a wealthy man who had built several homes, and he had a, a man who built the homes for him. The builder had built many homes over the years for this wealthy man. But this time around, he was, just, just call it what it was, he was a little bit tired, he was a little bit busy. He didn't think that he was making as much uh, profit on the homes that he was building as, as he thought that he should. And so the wealthy man came to him like he'd probably done many times before. And he said, I'm going to give you $500,000. I'd like for you to build me a home. The builder, when he heard that, he thought to himself, you know, that's a lot of money. And I could probably build the house and do it for a lot less than he's paying. In fact, that's what I'll do. I'll build it for less and then I'll just pocket the money. And so what did he do? He hired unskilled labor. He used cheaper materials than he'd used on other homes in the past. He cut corners, and when he finished, he brought the wealthy man the keys to the house. The builder knew that he hadn't done things like he'd done in a lot of his other homes. I mean, things looked cheaper as they walked through the house together. But the builder handed him, the wealthy man, the keys and said, here are the keys to your house. But in a surprise moment, the wealthy man told The builder, he said, you've done an incredible job all these years building houses for me. You've built me a lot of great houses, so I wanted to do something for you. And he took the keys to the house and grabbed the man's hands and put the keys into the house or into the hands of the builder. And he said, congratulations, you didn't know this, but this house wasn't for me. This house was for you. And I want to say this today in this room to the builder, and I want to say this to everybody else as well, that you are the builder. 
God doesn't build your house. He's the architect of your life. He has the plans for your life, but he doesn't build your life. You build your life. Jeremiah 29 reminds us that he has the plans. He knows the plans that he has for us. He has plans to prosper us. He has plans not to harm us. He has plans to give you a hope and a future. He's got plans for a great swimming pool. Somebody said amen in this heat. You know what I'm saying? He's got plans for the media room. He's got plans for a master bedroom. He's got plans with new carpet. Thank you, Jesus. But I just need you to know that although he has the plans, he doesn't sprinkle magic pixie dust on you and you arrive at the plans. You're building a house right now called your life. And you're going to live in it for the rest of your life. And so you better be careful what you push across the table of your life. God says, I've got plans for your life, but you're the builder. And when you go the easy route, when you use the cheap supplies, and and, and when you do it the cheap way, come on, when you hang out with negative people, when you waste your life looking at social media all the time, when you waste your life and do things that you shouldn't, it's your life. God has a plan for your life, but the plan gets compromised. I want you to notice today, by the way, doesn't Mitch, he just, he just looks like he can build some stuff, doesn't he? <laughs> Man, go ahead, stand up, Mitch. Go ahead and put on, I want you to notice Mitch has got some tools today. Oh, yeah. I wish, I mean, I'd wear that if I looked as good as you look, you know, wearing that. I mean, you just look like a stud. I just got to say it. Here's what I want you to know. Notice that he already has the tools. I want you to know that God has given you the tools. Some of you are you're wired to think, you're worried, you know, I don't have what it takes. God wants me to build this house. I don't know what my house is supposed to look like. I just blah, 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 blah. Hear me today. God has already given you everything that you need by his word so that you can live out the life that he's planned for you. Amen, everybody? Thank you, Mitch. The third person up here is going to represent the apprentice. This is my daughter, Jaden, everybody. Jaden Dean, about to turn 12 years old. Can you believe it? Isn't that exciting? So proud of you. Now, Jade right now has been taking in information. Taking in information, taking it in, taking it in, taking it in. She's been watching other builders, watching her mom, occasionally watching her dad, (laughs) watching her mom more than watching her dad, watching other women in the church, observing leaders in youth. But somewhere along the way, she gets her own equipment. And the apprentice will actually become the builder. At 12 or 13, did you know, in Jewish custom, a girl will have a bat mitzvah. And she officially becomes a woman. And so at some point, stand up, Jaden. Jaden will put on her own equipment for her life. Pink, of course. Mm. (laughs) 
<laughs> Let me do the jokes, okay? <laughs> Teach it all the time. <laughs> See, right now, <laughs> Jaden goes to our refrigerator. And let's be honest, whatever's in there is hers, except the chips and salsa. That is not hers, but she'll eat it anyways. <laughs> And it'll always be that way. Let's just be honest. She'll always stroll into mom and dad's house and feel like it's hers because I, I, do, I do that with my mom and dad, you know, today. And right now she's at our house and she puts her head on pillows that we've given her and she's wearing clothes that we've provided for her. But we would be doing her an injustice if at her age right now, we didn't begin the process of teaching her how to build now, how to be a builder today. See, along the way with our help, she learns how to build according to the plans that the architect has given us and to begin the process of understanding the plans that the architect has actually given her for her life. How many people know there is no junior Holy Spirit? There's only the Holy Spirit working in Jaden's life and in your kid's life. And eventually what she builds will not be determined by me. What she builds will be determined by her. But we can start teaching her right now how to build her life according to the plans that God gave us. I want to talk for just a second to any parent in this room today that is still taking responsibility, even though your kids are adults today, of what your kids are building right now. Your thoughts are, I didn't teach them enough. I didn't help them enough. I, 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 didn't, I didn't do enough. Well, you did the best that you could do to set them up and what you knew to do. But now they have to build it's their life to build. If they build a crazy, goofy house patterned after this world, you can't change that. What, what, what we can do is we can all build according to the master's plans or we can just build our own life. But some people say, well, I, did, I, just, I didn't build our lives the right way. I, I didn't provide for them a good example. Well, then listen to me. At any point in your life, tear it down and rebuild it right now according to the master's plans. Do it now. Well, I'm older, Pastor Dusty. Well, then build your retirement home. Your kids can watch you the second half of your life. As you rebuild your life, this time doing it according to the master's plans for your life. You can model the second half of your life in a new way. We learned some things. We didn't build the foundation of our life the right way when we started. But we've rebuilt it this time. And we did some things then that we weren't proud of and things that we didn't get right. But, but we're in this new part of our lives now. And, and, and we're building differently and and your kids take notice that look at mom or look at dad or look at mom and dad. Look at the house they're building. This house is better than the one that they were in before. It's a better house. And not just that, but you're not the only one that they're learning from. There are other people. I'm thankful 
that there are other builders in Jaden's life that are teaching her how to build other than just me and mom. You're not the only one, but you are the most important one. Because eventually, if I can just, Mitch, come over here for just a second. If I can just make this illustration, eventually Jaden will move from this seat to this seat. And she will begin to build her life on her own. And I will cry. <laughs> she, she doesn't stay in the apprentice seat forever. She becomes a builder. Lord, I pray for every prodigal son and daughter right now in the name of Jesus. I'm just believing they're coming back to God. Amen, everybody? In Jesus' name. Heard something a few weeks ago that I thought was really interesting. Uh, Elon Musk, who is the owner of Tesla, SpaceX, and Twitter, which is now X. Uh, I don't know if you know this. I found this to be really interesting. Had a grandfather who was a Canadian chiropractor. And somewhere along the way, his grandfather got his pilot's license, and he bought a single-engine airplane, and somehow or another got this airplane over to South Africa. And often accompanied by Elon's dad, they would do 12 expeditions to find a lost city in the desert of South Africa. How's that for a family life? Their family, I want you to think about this, spent over a decade searching for this lost city on treks that were thousands of miles across the desert. A life full of adventure. To where they, they later curated slideshows and they, they, they had maps of their adventures. And they would, they would take time and they would create these, these parties. And they would show all their friends and all of their family all the adventures and all the places that they're going. And somehow this is grandfather passes it down to father to where here's grandson Elon. Who like his grandfather is still today exploring the boundaries of the unknown. Say, so what is your point? My point is this. Never underestimate what you can do and how you can build. And how what you're building can be handed down and learned and transferred. And so we have to teach our children how to build. We have to show them, give me a hammer. We have to show them what it looks like to be a builder. I've got to take her into the corners of, our, of home that we're building and say, Jaden, as you're building your life, do this. Jaden, as you're building, pay attention to your father right now. <laughs> as you're building, put God first in everything that you do. I, I'm just telling you, like, guard your thoughts because your thought life will control your life. The way you think is the way that you'll go. That never compromise your values that God has given you. Jaden, I would tell you today as you're building, learn to love God's word. It, it'll become a lamp for your whole life. I, where did I learn that? I learned that from the architect who gave me some plans that I've been reading. Not just that, I, I learned that from some builders in my life along the way. I learned, Jaden, that when you put God's kingdom first, 
everything else in your life gets added unto you, sweetheart. I would tell you to marry a man one day that loves God more than he loves you. And, and to marry a man that likes golf so that he can play it with his father-in-law. <laughs> I tell you the things that the architect has taught me. The, the architect has given me for my life that's helped me build the house that you live in today because one day you're going to move into the seat and you're going to build a house that you're going to live in. I, I, I would tell you to always be a worshiper. Spend your life in worship before the Father. No matter in the good times or the hard times, learn to worship through whatever goes on in your life. I, 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 would, I would tell you to value prayer. Learn the habit of spending time with God and valuing spending time in his word. I, I, would, I would challenge you that as you're building your life to always put God first in your finances. To, to all, that, that whenever you give him the first, he blesses the rest. I would tell you to watch your words carefully. Don't ever tell yourself, like, I'm stupid, I'm dumb. You're not. You're a leader. You're a champion. You're God's number one. Your words create your world, what you speak. I would tell you to guard your character more than your talent because your talent may take you places, but your character, those are the things that are actually, that's what's going to sustain you when you get to the places that God has for you in your life. I learned these things from the architect. I learned these things from the plans that he's given me. And he's given you plans to build your life on. Because you're going to build a house one day that you're going to live in. I would tell you to learn how to manage your money. <laughs> we haven't talked much about that one yet. Live an 80-10-10 life. What is that, Dad? An 80-10-10 life. I live off of 80%. I give the Lord the first 10%, and I save 10%. If you do it from the start, it's so much easier than if you try to go back later on and do it differently. I would say don't let social media be the loudest voice in your life. Now, you're not on social media right now, and you won't be for a while. You ever notice that we give voices on social media big room in our hearts when we don't even know these people? It's crazy. People who don't know anything about us, people who don't care about us, many of them who don't know the architect, whose life are, are, are messes, whose houses are in ruin. They've tried to rebuild it their own way. It's collapsed. It's crazy with the loud crash over and over and over again. That's why I want to invite you to not believe social media, but believe God's word as the truth for your life above every other voice in your life. Amen, everybody. Come on and clap your hands to that if you agree with that word. I've never been more proud to proclaim that my trust isn't in this world. Especially when the world has gone crazy. My trust is in the Lord. Because you're building a house. And so if you're going to build a house, build it on God's word. And if you do that when the storms come, the wind blows, crashes 
against your house, it'll stay standing. All that didn't come from me. It came from the architect who has a plan for my life. And let me just say this to every person in this room. He has a plan for your life. It's so important that we're builders. It's so important that we as builders are training up and empowering the next generation. Amen. That, that as we build, we're not building alone. But we're, we're empowering the apprentices to come alongside of us. I am a product today. I stand up here today, not because of something that I've been able to do on my own, but because of many builders along many years who have invested in my life, who handed me a hammer and showed me how to build the foundation of my life. By the way, we mentioned today that we're opening a new classroom, taking two groups of students, basically turning it into three groups of students. So now all those three and four-year-olds that are running around, they'll have their own classrooms to go to. That's really exciting. Thank you to all our teachers, by the way, for serving and showing up every single week. In addition, we're launching some new branding today for our kids' men. And in fact, put, put an example of that up on the screen, guys. So you have to know that our team tries with great intentionality to try to get a vision, God, where are you taking us? I don't know if you see it, but the design for Heartland Kids, that's an H and a K inside of a flag. And the flag was very important to our team. You see, when an army conquers enemy territory, what do they do? They plant their flag in the ground. This is our territory now. It no longer belongs to the enemy. That's what we're doing as a church. We're planting our flag and the lives of our kids, and we're saying they belong to God. The enemy has lost this territory. It is not his. They're God's. The flag is also and was and is a banner. They would, they would ride with it flying, declaring their allegiance to a nation or to a king. We declare our allegiance with our kids to a king, and his name is Jesus. And they are leaders. They are champions. They are God's number one. Because while they're apprentices today, they're going to be builders tomorrow. And I love the moments in our lives where we see the little glimpses. I love to watch Jaden's life and to hear as we talk moments where I see Something she's learned as an apprentice, she starts to actually use it in her own building of her own life. This is what it means to serve the Lord. This is a picture, show them this picture, guys. This is a picture of Ron and, El, and, Ron and Allison Eldridge's son, Clay. Clay is nine years old. Who at Seek Week, a few days ago, told his dad, I want to go down to the front. And so, would you go with me? And so his dad followed behind him as Clay came down to the front and knelt at the altar. They asked him later on, they said, why did you want to go down? This is what he said. He said, I just was following my gut. Now, he doesn't know it yet, but that inner sensing, that inner prompting, that's the voice of the Holy Spirit. And there is no junior Holy Spirit. And so at nine years old, Clay 
has been learning, like how to listen to the Holy Spirit's voice and how to follow when the Holy Spirit asks him to. Give me some measuring tape if you have it there, Mitch. But how many people know he did, that didn't happen on accident? That doesn't just happen where a little boy starts to follow. It's, it's that somewhere along the way, mom and dad got on the floor of his life and said, son, oh, I've been crying too much lately. Son, this is how you do it. Son, let me show you that when the Holy Spirit speaks to you like this, you listen to the promptings of his voices. Son, let me, let me teach you about prayer. You should spend this much time to start. And when things get hard in your life and you question God, come into this room, let me show you how to build, how to build this part of your life. This is, this is by faith. You're living here when times are hard. Somebody spent some time with some measuring tape. And that's what I want for our kids, to, to turn from being kids that are in classrooms and are in services to being kids, stand up, Jaden, that learn how to be builders so that when they get on their own, they can build too. So in two weeks, we're just going to start the series together. We're going to start working like, how do we practice it every day? How do we practice our faith every day? And I'm going to talk, in a couple weeks, I'm going to talk about something called original intent. This is going to be a great message. And these messages will be, for the most part, very practical. I'm, I'm going to teach you. We've come out of a very, very, very spiritual time. And I, I say this to our church all the time, but as a pastor, if I'm, if I'm a shepherd if that kind of analogy works, then my goal and my job as a pastor is to lead you to different hills to graze on. And so if I just keep you at the same hill all the time, it's actually not productive for you. I have to take you to different hills. And so this hill over the next few months will be one of learning some practical things to live out our faith every single day. Because if we live out our faith every single day, we become better followers of Jesus. We don't just believe in Jesus, we actually live like Jesus. And if you want to know what God thinks, if you want to know how God thinks, then you have to go back and you have to ask him, what was the original intent that you had for us in this? What did he, what did he intend for mankind? Well, if you want to find that out, you have to go all the way back to a place called Eden. That's where we'll start. I'm going to begin to teach you how to be rooted in practice. I want to close with this today. Some of you in this room, this is an opportunity for you to start building your life in a brand new way. I don't care if you've spent years of your life building a different way. Today can be the new day that we lay a new foundation for a new house that you'll live in for the rest of your life. And you're making a commitment today. You're saying, you know what? No longer am I going to build my house on the sand Today, I'm going to start building my house on the rock. No longer am I going to listen to the voice of Jesus and just casually pass his words by. Today, I'm going to put his words into, into practice. Today, you can ask the architect who has created you and has a plan for your life, to direct your life, to guide your life, to help you to put it into practice, to build a healthy, to build a prosperous life. And so this is what I want us to do. I want you to stand all over the room with me today. As we close. And I just wonder, I'm just, 
I'm just asking this question today. If you're one of these people that would say today, this weekend, like, like this is just what I want to do, Dusty. I want to practice Christianity. I'm not, not signing up to be perfect. I can't be perfect. I just want to put my faith into practice. And I want to strive to be like Jesus. I want to be very clear here. This is not a call to salvation. I know you're used to that at this moment in the service. This, this is like, man, I, I need course correction in my life. Or I love God but I've not been practicing his word in my everyday life. I don't live out some of the things that he's teaching me, and I struggle with it. And I want to I do it. Lord, I'm just committing to you in this next season, better than I ever have before, more than I ever have before, to live out my faith in my everyday life. Or you would say, I've never done this before. God's calling me to a new path today. In the name of Jesus, we just so I can know who I'm praying for in just a moment. We just lift your hand all over the room like that's me right now in, in my season of life. So many hands like this is most of us today who would just say, I, I, I put my faith into practice today. I want to stand on God's word. I want to practice Christianity. And I want to pray for every parent in this room today that would say, teach me, Lord, your ways so that I can help the young apprentices in my life come up and follow the Lord strong. Can we just pray? And then after I pray, I'm gonna, we'll go into a brief moment of worship, but then Mikey's gonna come up to close the service here in just a moment. But let's just pray all over the room. Father, we just love you right now. And, and it's not a question today of, of our love. Today's a question of our obedience. Lord, would you, would you hold us to just a new standard of obeying and, and following after you and putting everything that we hear into practice in our day-to-day -day lives? Would you give us the tools to help kids and, and children, Lord, to, to learn how to follow you. Would you help as we're building our lives for it to be a good example for those that are coming after us. Lord, I pray for every seasoned builder in the room that you would help them to nurture and to take young builders under their wings because the architect has shown them some things time and time again that they're standing on the faithfulness of God. They're so needed. So help us, God, to be such a church that is full of such devotion in our everyday lives so that our homes are better, so that our lives are better, so that our children are growing up seasoned in your word. And as they live their life, they're not faltering, they're not falling away from the word of God. We ask right now for your help in this as we walk into this next season of our life and of our church. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Come on, everybody say amen. And will you clap your hands together? as we march towards what God has. Come on, team. Let's just take a second and worship before Mikey closes today.
Hey, come on, church. Can we thank our pastor for that amazing message today? I know I got some out of it. Well, hey, listen, thank you guys so much for joining us today. In this season, we don't really pass buckets or anything like that. If you'd like to give, uh, you can give online or in the buckets in the hallways as you're exiting. And just so you know where your money's going, can I just tell you, we had a lock-in for our student ministry this past uh, weekend. And, uh, you know, lock-ins, they're just so much fun, right? Um, But we had a lock-in. And we had new faces, friends, bringing friends, and it was so amazing. We had 32 students give their life to Jesus on Friday night. That's worth celebrating, everybody. It was amazing. And you made that happen. And so thank you so much for what you give. And uh, listen, we just are so appreciative that you joined us today. Again, if you are new, if you're a guest, please visit us out in the Guest Central area and uh, we'd love to meet you. So listen, let me pray for you. Our worship team will sing us out and uh, you guys can get on with the rest of your day. Heavenly Father, we love you so much. We are just so thankful for your goodness and your grace, God. Thank you for an amazing message today, an amazing service, and God, be with us this week. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said amen and amen. We love you so much, Heartland Church. You guys are dismissed.